This podcast is intended for investment professional use only. The information in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and should not be construed as a recommendation or investment advice. This information is not individualized and is not intended to serve as the primary or sole basis for investment decisions, as there may be other factors to consider. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Portfolio. I'm Mike Scarciati. Joining me today is Fidelity's Klaus Twill, here to share his perspectives and thoughts on the third quarter markets. Hi, Klaus. Always great to talk with you. Hi, Mike. So, Klaus, uh, since we've spoken last quarter, uh, we continue to see lots of conversations about what's going on in the economy, uh, recessions. We've seen markets really run up here recently. What, what are you seeing? What are you thinking about as uh, we sit here today? Well, Mike, let me step back a little bit. Um, if you go back to maybe the last four podcasts you and I did, um, I think in most of them, we were sort of addressing what I would say is a fear of our clients. Since the Fed started to raise rates, there was a lot of fear that the aggressive rate hiking policies of the Fed would lead to a recession that would lead then to a steep drop in corporate profits. And um, investors were rightly so very, very concerned about it. And what I felt was my primary responsibility during this podcast was to keep everybody on their course, on their plan, if you will, their financial plan, because a lot of the damage had already been done. It looked to me that a recession was possible, but it wasn't definite. And I also knew from history that eventually there would be a rebound rally and you wanted to be invested in it because that was the only way you could really participate in. And knocking on wood here, I thought that was sort of the responsible message and it worked. This podcast might be a little bit different because I think the mood of my clients, sort of what I'm picking up here, is that the mood has switched from fear to almost greed. There's certainly formal going on, fear of missing out. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm sort of bombarded with optimism and this notion that, oh, my God, this is going to turn out well. Uh, inflation is going to come down to 2 to 3%, exactly what the Fed wants it to be. There's no recession, no soft landing. Corporate profits are going to rise significantly next year. And everybody sort of seems to be embracing this very, very positive and very rosy scenario, which I hope is going to happen as well. But I have my doubts and I feel like right now I sort of the responsible way to do is, is to tamper down this enthusiasm and this optimism and sort of remind everyone that this market has gone a long way very, very quickly. Sentiment has turned very, very bullish and this is also a time to stick with the plan and stay sort of in the allocations that sort of were pre-planned. And if they have gotten a little bit heavy on the equity side, maybe this is a time to reduce the allocations a little bit just to be prepared if the outcome is not that inflation comes to the level that the Fed wants it, if we don't have a soft landing and if we don't have strong profit growth next year, which I think is unfortunately probably more likely than the more optimistic scenario. Excellent. Let, let's just stay with that because we've heard in the media and all over the place a lot about this concept of a soft landing. 
um, you know, in, in your mind, what, what is a soft landing and how does the economy kind of differ from the, the experience in the market? Well, a soft landing would basically be an economy that is able to get inflation in check without causing a recession. Historically, normally, if you have a runaway inflation, like we have to admit we had over the last couple of years, it basically takes a recession to wipe out that inflation overhang. There are cases like in 1994, when the Fed was able to engineer an economy that didn't go into recession, it got inflation under control without it, and it grew throughout, and it because it was able to grow throughout the whole hiking process, corporate profits never really came under pressure and the equity market performed for the most part quite positively during this period. In a recession, you normally have shrinking GDP and you normally have a drop in corporate profits in the area of 10, 15, 20%. And normally the market reacts to it and that would be the more negative outcome here. Great. And you you hit on inflation. I think you know, there's a lot of talk around inflation has come, as you mentioned, come back down quite a bit from, you know, the highs in the 9% range. Um, but uh, there's still some persistent areas of inflation in the marketplace. Um, you know, what do you see as the, the what, is, what does your fidelity see as the scenario of where inflation goes from here? Well, I mean, first of all, inflation has clearly peaked last year and it's on its way down. The question is, is it going down as much um, as the Fed wants it to be. The Fed wants it to be between 2 and 3%. Um, that seems, according to our inflation analysts, a little bit unlikely, unfortunately. He believes that inflation is more likely to end up between 3 and 4%. Uh, that is partly to do with the base effect. Um, inflation, um, headline inflation actually was very, very weak in the second half of last year. <laughs> I, I had to... When he told me the number, I had to sort of make sure that this number was right because I couldn't really believe it. But it was almost not existent in the second half of the year last year. So these positive numbers fall away and in all likelihood replaced with, with higher numbers. Uh, during last summer, we had a, a steep drop in oil prices. This summer, at least for the first three or four weeks, oil prices have been rising. Wages are still growing higher than the 2 to 3%. Rents have come down, but they're still growing higher than the two or three percent. So I think it's sort of more likely that it sort of ends up for the next six to nine months in that three to four percent area, which is higher than the Fed wants it to be. I'm not quite sure how the Fed reacts to it, but if we take the Fed seriously, that would mean that the Fed would stay tight for a little bit longer than the market expects it. Yeah, and that's another big you know point of discussion in the industry, right, is this um, tension between you have signals that are showing, you know, what might um, more traditionally forecast recession, things like inverted yield curve, um, but then you have strong consumer and strong wages. Um, and so I, I like your message of, you know, maybe uh, if you should have been um, more willing to stay at least somewhat invested in the market towards your strategic asset allocation in the first half of the year, maybe you don't want to get too aggressive uh, in the second half of the year. How do you, you know, how do you reconcile the, the the mixed data and the fact that, you know, this is also somewhat of a different time when you have COVID and, and all of that thrown into the mix as well? 
Well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, bull markets are fun. It has been a nice run over the last six or seven weeks, and we all would like it to continue. And uh, you, you can see how even some strategists on Wall Street are throwing in the towel. And I mean, the economy is certainly surprised on the upside. And yes, I think a soft landing scenario is possible. Yes, I think a scenario where inflation comes down to two or three percent is possible. But I, just looking at the data, it doesn't look definitely not a done deal. And I would argue sort of inflation a little bit higher than two or three percent is probably more likely than not. And an economy that that might be challenged from a recession, I think is also likely in the sort of second half. I mean, oil prices have increased significantly. The student loan debt moratorium is running out of both of this are is going to hit the consumer you've also on the hiring front you see sort of the first cracks in the labor market one of our analysts sort of pointed out to me last week that the hiring of temporary employment uh, is actually negative uh, now she pointed out that during the last four recessions that was always a strong indicator that the economy would go into recession and so you can see a little bit of the cracks and i don't think we have a 2008 on our hands here okay i don't want anybody to get sort of too negative here either i, I i'm just sort of taking it a little bit back to sort of what was sort of the financial plan for everybody and and just just to sort of manage the emotions. At some point, I feel my primary role is to address fear, and sometimes it's greed. And now it's a little bit the greed, and sort of people talk themselves into a really nice scenario that I all would like it to happen, but I'm not so sure. And I definitely don't think this is an area to get overly aggressive in an equity allocation. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds prudent, especially, you know, you look at uh, what you can control and can't predict and you think about, um, you know, milder than expected winter in, in Europe uh, last year, which really helped. And we don't know how that'll, uh, you know, play out this year as well. So yeah, definitely lots of um, unknowns in there as well. So prudency seems seems to be the, the right way to go. So, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting back to neutral just more broadly portfolio positioning in this backdrop, you know, over the next um, six months or so? How are you thinking about portfolio positioning? Yeah, it's a moment sort of more of a neutral equity allocation. My base case, unfortunately, is still a recession, to be perfectly honest. I, I think that's unfortunately where we probably end up with. And so you want to have probably a bias to the more large cap companies because they have gone through these recessions before they have a more experienced management team they have more products they have better access to financial markets they have gone through this multiple times i probably like the growth area more than the value area here because um, to me to a certain extent a lot of these fabulous seven one of is also stocks that sort of really drove the market forward they went through their recession already i mean if you look at some of these tech companies they had big layoffs last year, so they have already restructured their business. So I think they are probably in better shape to weather whatever would come down from the economy. So I, I like sort of that area more on the sort of international front, sort of more leaning towards EM versus developed markets. So Europe is in a recession right now. The UK is in a recession. Um, that's in my opinion probably going to last a little bit longer. But EM sort of with with China. And the Chinese government sort of realizing that they have to sort of stimulate the economy a little bit 
um, more than they have. I think they are finally sort of putting some programs together to to lift that economy. And in the past, that has lifted sort of the whole emerging market complex. Emerging market stocks are still very cheap. They have very good demographics. Uh, they are underowned. So that's probably an area that I would overweight on the international front. And on the fixed income side, we talk a lot about the business cycle in terms of equities. I think sort of we ignore sometimes what the business cycle does on the fixed income side. And there's a business cycle as well. And the business cycle for bonds works at 12, 18, 24 months before recession, the yield curve inwards. And then right before the recession starts, the yield curve uh, normalizes and gets steeper again. It's called this a curve steepener um, happening. And, and this is normally an area where you can take advantage of sort of the returns that you can get or historically have been able to get from investing in, in investment-grade bonds. And so that would be, to me, an opportunity on the investment-grade bond side and maybe move some of the short-term money into sort of long-term fixed income assets to um, lock in higher interest rates, to sort of take advantage of that curse steepener trade that historically has been quite attractive, and also for portfolio diversification purposes, right? If something goes wrong, that uh, investment-grade bond investment should mitigate whatever sort of volatility you get on the equity side. That's great. So it definitely sounds like, uh, you know, on the equity side, a, a little bit more of a bias towards quality, maybe less so towards value that that seems to be also aligned to our kind of factor playbook where, you know, in in, um, in late cycle, you'd, you'd want quality, minval and even value can work. But when you get to recession value, certainly not where you want to be, um, you know, from a returns perspective. And then on the fixed income side, um, you know, with the uh, kind of making sure that you get out on duration. I think we've seen, you know, a lot of our clients and portfolio reviews are maybe uh, a little shorter on the duration side. And so that's been uh, clearly a message that we've been talking to them with. And then again, getting back to quality there seems to make a lot of sense. As always, close. thanks for your insights. And thanks to all of our listeners. I'm Mike Scarciati. Please join us again for another episode of Thinking Outside the Portfolio. For investment professional use only, information provided in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not a recommendation to take any particular action or any action at all, nor an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or services presented. It is not investment advice. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice. Before making any investment decisions, you should consult with your own professional advisors and take into account all the particular facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products and services mentioned in these materials because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation directly or indirectly in connection with the management, distribution, and or servicing of these products or services, including fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Information presented herein is for illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Views are expressed as of August 2023 based on the information available at the that time and may change based on market or other conditions. The opinions provided are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. Investment decisions should be based on an individual's own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Nothing in this content should be considered as legal or tax advice, and you're encouraged to consult your own lawyer, accountant, or other advisor before making any financial decisions. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of 
future results. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure profit or guarantee against loss. Stock markets, especially foreign markets, are volatile and can decline significantly in response to adverse issuer, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Foreign securities are subject to interest rate, currency exchange rate, economic, and political risks, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. The risks are particularly significant for funds that focus on a single country or region. In general, the bond market is volatile, and fixed income securities carry interest rate risk. As interest rates rise, bond prices usually fall, and vice versa. This effect is usually more pronounced for longer-term securities. Fixed income securities also carry inflation, credit, and default risks for both issuers and counterparties. The commodities industry can be significantly affected by commodity prices, world events, import controls, worldwide competition, government regulations, and economic conditions. Because of its narrow focus, sector investing tends to be more volatile than diversifying across many sectors and companies. The financial industries are subject to extensive government regulation, can be subject to relatively rapid change due to increasingly blurred distinctions between service segments, and can be significantly affected by availability and cost of capital funds, changes in interest rates, the rate of corporate and consumer debt defaults, and price competition. The stocks mentioned here are not necessarily holdings invested in by FMR LLC. References to specific companies should not be construed as a recommendation or investment advice. The statements and opinions are subject to change at any time, based on market and other conditions. S&P 500 is a registered service mark of Standard & Poor's Financial Services LLC. Fidelity Investments provides investment products through Fidelity Distributors Company, LLC, clearing custody or other brokerage services through National Financial Services, LLC, or Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, members NYSE, SIPC, reference number 1099358.1.0.